why you gain weight when you start lifting hard, why you lose a few pounds when you stop lifting, and why you should stop doing front squats today on Body Performance. I'm Steve Ferrano, and welcome to Body Performance, the podcast designed to help you reach your weight loss, fitness, and bodybuilding goals. This first topic is especially for women. When you start lifting weights, why all of a sudden did you gain two or three or four pounds? A pound is 3,500 calories. That's a lot of food. You have to eat 3,500 more calories than what you're normally taking in to gain one pound, 7,000 to gain two, and 10,500 to gain three. So why, when you start lifting, do you automatically gain weight? It's simple. When you start lifting weights, especially if you're doing it intensely, you've got a lot of damage or trauma on the muscle. Therefore, you have a lot of intercellular fluids that are going in and out of the cells, helping to repair them. That additional fluid adds additional weight. You see it on the scale, you get very upset. No need to worry about it, it's just water weight. Guys, the exact same thing happens in reverse when you stop lifting weights after four or five days. You lose three or four or five pounds, and you go, oh my God, have I lost that much muscle in just four or five days? No, you are not lifting, you're not having as much trauma on the muscle, Therefore, there's not as much repair occurring, and you don't have as much intercellular fluids. Again, once you start lifting, you'll notice that your weight will bump up two or three pounds. And again, that's just simply the body repairing itself. Let's talk about front squats. Don't waste your time doing them. You're making a hard exercise, which is squats, even harder. Do you think that placing the bar on your shoulders versus in front of you on your delts is going to make that big a difference? It's not. It's just going to make squatting, which is very hard, even more harder. It doesn't hit your front quads any better. You can't train the front of your quads. So regular squats train the back of your quads, and then front squats train the front of your quads. That doesn't make any sense. That's like saying, I'm going to train the lower half of my biceps, and then on this exercise, I'm going to train the upper half of my biceps. It doesn't work that way. Just set the bar on your shoulders and do a squat. Plus, the whole principle of weightlifting is being able to handle as much weight as possible. So if you can front squat 225, but you can rear squat 365, which do you think is going to create more trauma and more growth on the muscle? If you were able to squat more weight or if it was more effective doing a front squat, powerlifters would do it. I reference powerlifters a lot because those guys are all about strength. They're going to do the smartest things possible so they can lift the maximal amount of weight. As I've mentioned before, if you have trouble squatting, elevate your heels. By elevating your heels on a 5 or a 10-pound plate, it moves the hips forward, it brings the shoulders backwards, and allows you to squat in a more upright position. Now this answer is going out to Craig. He's got a great question about working out and calculating your workload, your progressive overload, deloading, volume training, and increase in weight percentages in an effort to get stronger. His question is, is how do you do this? And I'm telling you, Craig... It's very confusing, only because guys make it confusing. They think improving your strength is some type of linear progression, that you just bang out the numbers, add 5%, and that's how it automatically happens. And then you just calculate it over the next five to six or seven, eight weeks, and you should automatically become stronger. It just doesn't work that way. It's not a linear progression. The body is a biological organism. It has to repair. It has to recover. We have good days. We have bad days. No sleep. Stress at work. 
all these issues. So it's just not an automatic calculation as to what you should do. You don't just solve for X and calculate how strong you should be in six weeks. It doesn't work that way. Let me give you an example of how this works simply using bench press. We'll also assume that you only do bench press for chest, not other exercises. And then this applies to women, men, or any exercise you're trying to get stronger on. Let's say I have a bench press of 225 for one rep, and I'm trying to get that to 250, 275, 315. So what I do is I go into the gym and I bench press 95 pounds for 10. And then I go 135 for 10. And then I do 135 for 10 again. And then I go to 165 for 10. Now I'm warmed up. Now I'm ready to work out. I jump under 185 and I get it for a set of eight. I jump under 185 again, get it for another set of eight, jump under 185 again, and let's say I get it for six. Not a bad day. That's my day of bench pressing. The next time I bench press, I go into the gym and I'm a little tired. Whether it's three or four days later, who cares? I jump under 185, I get it for eight. But then I jump under 185 again, I get it for six. I jump under 185 again, I get it for five. Not a bad deal. No loss, not an issue, just another workout. My next bench press workout. I warm up, jump under 185, get it for 10. Wow. Jump under 185 again, get it for 8. Jump under 185 again, get it for 8. Jump under 165, do it for 10. So you can see while my maximum is 225, I've lightened the weight in order to create more reps, more eccentric and more concentric reps more trauma on the muscle because I can't just walk into the gym every day and bench press my maximum weight for one rep. While it's hard, it's not enough trauma on the muscle. Next time I go into the gym, I say to myself, I know I can get 185 for 10. I just did it last week. Let me get under 185, do it for six and save that creatine phosphate, the ATP and the additional energy that I'll use with those four extra reps because today I throw in an extra 20 pounds. After the 185, I bench 205 for 5. There's my new benchmark. 185 for 10, 205 for 5. Then I do 205 again for, let's say, 3, because now I'm tired. Then I go back down to 185, and I get it for 8. You can begin to see that this is not just some type of magical calculation that happens exactly perfect. I'm using 185 for 6, which is less reps, less weight, less volume, but that's going to get me to handle 205 for five. Then the next time I bench press, I go in there and I go 185 for, let's say eight, and then 205 for six, and then 205 for five, and then 185 for a solid 10. Hey, look, everybody, I'm getting stronger. Next workout, same shit happens. I go in there, do my warmups. I do 185 for eight because I know I can do it for 10. But today I'm feeling really strong. So I do 205 for two or three because I'm going to 225 and seeing how many I can get that for. I jump under it and I get three reps. Remember, my max with 225 was one. Now I get it for three. I try it again and I'm able to double 225. Then I drop 40 pounds and I go down to 185 and bang it out for a solid 10. Not easy, but I bang it out for 10. Next time I go back into the gym, I'm not feeling really good. I'm not recovering well, haven't slept well, haven't ate well. Jump under 185, get it for 10, but it's kind of hard. Go to 205, get it for a set of six. 
Not bad, because I could only get that for maybe five before. So I stick with 205, and I get that for a few sets of six or five or four, whatever it is. And then I might finish with a set of 185 for as many as I can get. And this is how increases in strength and size occur. They occur gradually and slowly. And as you gather a history of what you have done in the past, you're able to better predict how you feel when you walk into the gym. Today, I am feeling great. I noticed that the weight that used to be hard, I magically get for 10. Today is the day I add more weight. And obviously, if you add more weight, you're going to have to drop your reps. Not an issue. Or you go into the gym and you're going, man, I just don't feel like handling that much heavy weight. I feel good. So let me handle about 80% of my max. Pick a weight that is hard for me to do for eight and let me do four sets of eight with that. Or I do a set of eight, go up a little bit, drop the reps to about four or five, and then back down to the weight I can handle for eight. It's going to be a mix and match of everything. It's not just going to be this automatic loading, deloading, calculating for X, using Pythagorean theorem, and all that crap. It just doesn't work that way. I wish it did, because then you could predict exactly how strong you would be in six or eight weeks or 10 or 12 years. It just doesn't happen. And you do this throughout your entire lifting career, whether it's curls, squats, deadlifts, leg press, it doesn't matter. I started out... I don't know what I could bench when I first started lifting, but I finished with a 385 bench at 195, and it takes time and effort, and you have to remember what you've done, how it felt, what you're doing, and you just have to keep track of it. There is no secret. I wish there was an easy way to do it. If there was, I'd do it, and I'd tell you. One thing you have to remember is that changes in the body are happening at the cellular level, whether you're losing weight you're losing fat cells. Whether you're gaining strength, you're increasing muscle cell size. So it takes time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of patience. It takes a while to see those changes in the mirror and it takes a while to see those changes on the scale. That's why it's effort, consistency, self-discipline, perseverance, patience, and faith. It'll get you there. You just have to put in the work. That's all. So just like bodybuilding, weight loss is the same thing whether you're eating a vegetarian diet or the cardio keto low-carb diet. It doesn't really matter. You have to add it up, keep track of what you're doing, keep track of what you're eating, and then track your results. And then, based on your analysis, adjust your workouts, adjust your diet accordingly. Let me say one thing about protein. Everybody's into cardio keto low-carb. I think it's great. If that's working for you, by all means, keep it up. But whether you're a guy or a woman bodybuilder or somebody who's just trying to get in shape. Remember this, protein has been marketed for decades not only as the weight loss solution, but as something you need and that has magical powers. Plus, it's a great business. Manufacture cheap powdered protein, tell everybody they need it, get guys on steroids promoting it in magazines and websites, sell it by the pound, and nobody ever died from a protein shake. And bodybuilders and other people trying to reach their goals will buy anything that they think will make the process easier or require less work or less effort. I get it. I'm all about that. I want to do things the smart way, the easy way, but sometimes there is no magic pill. One more thing. I was watching Kimmel last night, and he had some comedian on there. And the guy got in great shape, and Kimmel was talking about it and showing photos. Hey, kudos to that guy. But what he didn't tell everybody was the fact that he was taking anabolic steroids. You can tell by looking at him. The delts, 
the vascularity. You just don't make those kind of transformations overnight. I don't give a shit how much hard work you do. Now, I don't really care. Do your thing. You be you in this age of everybody needs to be themselves. Great. I don't give a shit what you stuff up your ass, inject in your butt, or stuff down your throat. Makes no difference to me. I don't give a shit if you like chocolate or vanilla. You like men or women. Makes no difference. Doesn't affect me. This is called America. But do me a favor. Stop lying to the rest of the fucking planet who's actually trying to do it honestly. Take more drugs if you want. My friends had more drugs in them than CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid combined. But they were competitive bodybuilders, and if you ask them, they told the truth. But this guy's out there talking about the hard work and how much you have to be committed and all that other bullshit. When kids, women, and guys who are trying to get in shape are looking at that going, how come I can't do that? How come I can't have bulging biceps and deltoids that look abnormal and vascularity that's not only traveling down my arm but horizontally across my biceps? And the reason is, is you're not taking steroids like this guy. So when you're trying to figure out what you're doing wrong in the gym, you're not doing anything wrong in the gym. This guy just has extra supplements helping him through the process. He failed to tell you that, but I'm the guy who's going to tell you the truth. Nobody likes the truth because it hurts. The truth means you're going to have to work. Everybody prefers a pretty lie over the ugly truth. But unfortunately, if you don't learn the truth, you're not going to know what to do. That's why I'm here. I'm Steve Tarano, and this is Body Performance.